All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec, I'm a CPA. Today, I'm talking about the IRS Notice CP503. In this video, I'm gonna tell you why you got the CP503. I'm gonna go through the CP503, a sample CP503, right here on my computer screen, part by part, so you know exactly what it's saying. Then at the end of the video, I'm going to tell you what you should do if you have found yourself on the receiving end of a CP503. First, but first, before we get into that, uh, who am I? Why the heck should you listen to me? Well, my name is Logan Alec. I'm a CPA. Pop my name into Google News. You'll see all the places uh, I've been quoted in the media uh, about taxes and tax relief. U.S. News reached out to me about the Offer and Compromise program. Offer and Compromise is, of course, the IRS program to settle your tax debt for less than you owe. I've created a lot of videos right here on the channel about the IRS Offer and Compromise. Link at the top of the screen and in the description below for one of said Offer and Compromise videos. Uh, my company is Choice Tax Relief. We help folks who have tax debt or uh, unfiled tax returns they want to get in compliance with. You can give us a call, 866-8000-TAX, or fill out the form and uh, we will contact you. Or book a free consultation on the calendar by clicking free consultation and a little calendar will pop up right there. All right, now let's talk about the uh, CP503. Why did you get a CP-503? Well, there, there's a few fact patterns in which the CP-503 could be sent. Typical fact pattern, though, is that you, uh, you filed a tax return and it showed a balance due. And uh, then you, the IRS sent you the CP-14, which is a notice in demand. I made a video about uh, that as well. Link to that video at the top of the screen. And you didn't respond to that notice. Then five or six, six weeks later, they sent you the CP-501, and you didn't respond to that notice either. Now, five or six weeks later, you're here and they've sent you the CP-503. Um, and then if you wait some more and you don't respond to this one, CP-504, then LT-11, and then the IRS can start taking your stuff, right? So CP-503 isn't the end of that road, but you're kind of getting there, right? You're kind of getting into wage garnishment, bank levy land, but you're not there yet with the CP-503, but you are about halfway down that uh, road in terms of the um, the notice uh, the notice sequence or the typical notice sequence that AC, IRS ACS sends uh, when it comes to these typical collections notices. So that's that's why you got CP-503. You filed a tax return that shows you owed money, uh, and now the IRS is sending you all the notices that it sends before it starts taking your stuff. There's other fact patterns too. Maybe the IRS... Um, prepared an SFR for you. It notified you about an SFR as a replacement return, a substitute return the IRS does if you don't file your own return. And IRS assessed you a tax based on that SFR. Uh, and now they're they're looking to collect money from you and they're sending you all the, all the collection notices. So, uh, but the typical reason is you file a tax return, show the balance due, and uh, now you're in uh, the collection notice process. Now let's, let's go through the CP503 part by part here, and then I'll tell you what you should do if you receive one. Uh, you'll know you're looking at a CP503 because in the top right, it'll say CP503. You'll know what tax year it pertains to because it'll tell you right there. This uh, fictitious taxpayer CP503 is for tax year 2016. Notice date, social security number, number to contact at the IRS. Um, <clears throat> all right, now we have the billing summary down here. So in this part, the IRS tells you what you owe tax-wise, strictly taxes, the penalties and interest that they've uh, that have accrued on your account with the IRS, if you've made any payments on your account, that there'd be a line for that. But basically, all this would sum to the amount the IRS thinks you owe for the year. So in this case, for these fictitious taxpayers, the IRS believes it was $9,533.53 uh, for tax year 2016, which is the same year as right up here. You may owe for other years, right? 
they may have sent you notices for other years, but this notice here is just for this year mentioned in the notice. You, you could have gotten a CP503 for 2017, 2018, 2019 as well, but each CP503 corresponds to one tax year. So uh, billing summary, how much you owe in total, how much the IRS thinks that you owe them. And then the IRS tells you what you need to do immediately from their perspective. Now the IRS, when it sends notices, typically wants folks to take action, take some kind of action, right? And the typical action the IRS wants folks to take to whom they've sent a notice is to pay the IRS. And that is exactly what the IRS uh, is urging you to do in this next part of the CP 503. Um, it says, if you agree with the amount due and you're not working with an IRS representative, pay the amount due by such and such date. This date is, is typically 21 days after the notice date. Uh, could be 10 days if you have a higher uh, balance. And it says pay it by that date to avoid additional penalty and applicable interest charges. Now, tell a little secret here. There's nothing like magical about that date in the CP 503. The penalties and interest just accrue naturally. It's not like there's going to be a mega penalty dump if you don't pay by that date. The interest is at a certain interest rate right now at 7% on an annual basis and it's compounded daily. That interest rate could change quarterly. And then there's a failure to pay penalty, which is half a percent a month of the amount you owe. Okay, that's just going to continue to naturally accrue as you have a balance with the IRS. It's not that there's going to be a mega penalty dump if you don't pay by this particular date. Uh, then it basically tells you how you can pay. You can pay online, go to irs.gov slash payments and see your payment options. Um, then it tells you if you're in CNC, then you don't need to do anything because they can't collect money from you anyway, uh, at least not through forced collection activity. Then if you disagree with the amount due, call this number. And uh, they say, we'll assume you agree with the information that's noticed if you don't protest it, right? And that makes sense. That's the case with, with anything, with the IRS. And the reason why a lot of our clients uh, get in you know, deep IRS problems is because the IRS never heard from them. You know, the IRS sent them all these notices, but the taxpayers never respond to them, never discuss the situation with the IRS. And now they're in uh, quite, a, quite a big hole um, and not one that we can't get them out of. We can we can help them with it. But just in general, it's better to be proactive and not let things linger. If you don't want to deal with it yourself, you can always pay a professional like us at Choice Tax Relief uh, to represent you uh, before the IRS so we can deal with them on your behalf. All right, then the IRS talks more about payment options um, and really payment alternatives as well, right? They say, okay, pay electronically, right? They gave you the same link, irsgov slash payments. Uh, but then it also talks about payment plans. If you can't afford the pull payment now, you can get into a payment plan, offers and compromise, which is, of course, uh, the settlement for, uh, of your tax set for less than you owe. Um, <clears throat> then it gives you some information. You can go to irs.gov slash balance due, see your uh, account balance and payment history. Then the IRS will tells you what uh, what will happen if they don't hear from you. Um, if you don't pay the amount by such and such date, then it, you know they'll charge additional interest and penalty charges, at, just like they would in any other month. They also say we may file notice of federal tax lien against you. So, notice of federal tax lien does not create the government's claim on your assets. That exists right when the government assesses the tax. Right at that moment, they have the legal right 
to start taking your stuff. They don't do it immediately, right? Uh, well, first of all, they have to send you some notices first. Notice of demand, notice of intent to levy, notice of your right to a CDP hearing. That's beyond the scope of this video. Uh, but their claim to your assets exists right when they assess a tax, right? All the notice of federal tax lien does that the IRS files in state and or county records is let everyone else know. It's a public record. Let's the general public know that you owe the IRS money, right? So that if you go to take money out of your house or you sell your house, the real estate attorney or escrow company or, or whatever you're using, they know that they got to send the IRS the proceeds up to the lien amount before you get yours, right? So if you own real estate, appreciated real estate, you're looking to take money out, uh, sell your home, you probably don't want to know it's a federal tax lien filed, right? And there's ways to avoid that without paying your full balance due uh, that we work for clients here at Choice Tax Relief. Also, if you're buying a home, right, your lender doesn't want to be in competition uh, with the IRS. So uh, that could be a hurdle there. Um, okay, let's go back to the notice. Then, um, as is typical on a lot of these notices, oh, they give this big old long explanation of, of the penalties, right? This particular taxpayer has been assessed the failure to pay penalty, which, as I mentioned previously, is half a percent a month uh, for the amount due. Uh, there could be a failure to file penalty on there as well if you filed your tax return late. Um, <clears throat> then it talks about removal or reduction of penalties. Uh, there is something called penalty abatement with the IRS, which is basically the IRS deciding to remove some of your penalties. Um, they can't do that with interest. Interest uh, that's set by Congress. The IRS does not have just the administrative authority to abate interest. It, if, if a penalty is abated, the interest on that penalty is abated as well. But they do have the uh, administrative power to abate penalties, uh, which they uh, will do sometimes. For example, if the taxpayer has good compliance history, and this is kind of just a one-time offense, um, at least as far as the recent you know, few years ago, or if there's what the IRS calls a reasonable cause for why they were unable uh, to meet their tax obligation, then uh, the IRS could abate the penalty. I'll create a whole video on penalty abatement here in the near future. Um, we have articles on choicetaxrelief.com blog about penalty abatement and things like this. Uh, one um, reasonable cause for penalty abatement the IRS explicitly states in this notice is removal of penalties due to erroneous written advice from the IRS. It's a pretty narrow fact pattern, right? It describes it here. doesn't apply to the vast majority of people who get uh, behind on their taxes, but uh, it, it could be a reasonable cause if the IRS gave you erroneous written advice that you relied on, right? And as a, as a result of relying on that erroneous written advice, you uh, did not meet your tax obligations because the IRS was wrong on the advice they gave you. That's not the only reasonable cause, though. Um, <clears throat> all right, then talks explains the interest. Um, it basically tells you about how interest works, and then it, it gives you the uh, the interest rate by period. Back then, only 3%. Right now, 7%. Then, here's some additional information. It's all very basic information, right? Uh, the basic publications about how the collection process works, where you can get tax forms, right? IRS.gov or call the number. I'm not going to really get into all this. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. That's basically the fi CP503 in a nutshell. Um, now, let's talk about what you should do if you receive a, a, an IRS notice, CP503, which you probably have if you are watching this video. Um, so first thing I would I would say you should do um, is check the notice for accuracy, okay? It should come as no surprise to you that the IRS makes mistakes from time to time. And uh, mistakes on these collection notices are, are no different, 
right? Um, review the IRS's numbers against your own, right? Make sure that this amount here is the amount that you showed as, as your tax due on your tax return. Uh, or if not, why? Did the IRS make an adjustment? Did you get a CP2? That, like, why? Why is it different? Um, just basic stuff like that. And then, of course, you'd want to correct any errors with the IRS. If there are, uh, if you do detect an error, call the number that would appear up here, right? And, um, yeah, and then uh, discuss the error with the IRS, right? Um, I would also say seek penalty abatement. You know, for most of our clients with penalties uh, on their account, we at least seek some sort of penalty abatement for them. Um, it's it's typically not granted, to be honest, but sometimes it is. Um, it's at least worth a shot. You know, ask, call the IRS, ask them, hey, do I have any shot at penalty abatement here? See what they say. Um, and then finally, right, after you've uh, contested any errors with the IRS, so now you and the IRS are on the same page about how much you owe, once you've attempted to get any penalty relief for yourself, um, the next thing to do is, is figure out a way to deal with what's left. You can either pay the balance due in full, right, or you know access funds uh, to to pay the balance due in full, or you can enter into some kind of resolution, uh, other resolution with the government on um, your debt, right. So first thing that we will look at for clients is do they qualify for an offer and compromise? Most taxpayers do not. But an offer and compromise can be very beneficial because it is, as I have said, a settlement with the IRS uh, to, to settle your tax debt and agree with the IRS to sell your tax debt for less than you owe. Now, I have created a um, ton of videos on this channel about how to qualify for an offer and compromise, stuff like that, so I'm not going to get into all that here. Um, I have a playlist on my homepage uh, dedicated to my offer and compromise videos if you want to check that out. Um, like I said, not everybody qualifies for an offer and compromise. Most taxpayers don't but you do have other options. Um, one is called currently non-collectible status, also known as hardship. With this, you're basically saying to the IRS, okay, don't, I don't qualify for an offer and compromise. Like maybe you have a lot of equity in your home. So you don't qualify for an offer and compromise, right? But you can't take money out of that equity in your home, uh, nor do you have the disposable cash flow in order to pay the IRS anything every month, right? Because you're just flat broke cash flow wise. In that case, you may be a candidate for a uh, hardship also known as IRS currently non-collectible status. I have a whole video about currently non-collectible status. Uh, you can click the link right up here. It's also in the description below. Um, there's obviously installment agreements, right? Installment agreements to fully pay what you owe to the IRS over time. If you can afford to pay the IRS a little bit of money every month, um, that is called a partial payment installment agreement, right? Uh, you know, if, if the amount you're paying to the IRS is so small that it's not going to fully pay off your your debt to the IRS before the debt falls off, after the IRS's 10-year limit to collect falls off, then you have a partial payment installment agreement. Kind of like an offer and compromise in that you're going to pay the IRS less than you owe, but it, you know, it's paid over time, right? And it doesn't necessarily have the finality of an offer and compromise because if you start making more money, the IRS can take another look, right, at your PPIA every couple of years, right? So if your income like doubles next year or in two years from now, the IRS could see that on your tax return and say, ah, okay, we're going to have to up your installment agreement amount, right? So it doesn't necessarily have the finality of an offer and compromise. But if your financial situation isn't expected to change very much before the IRS's 10-year time limit to collect uh, the tax that falls off, it could be um, a good option for you. Um, 
I've talked about all these tax relief options in more detail in specific uh, videos on my channel, uh, but also in um, in a little bit more detail on my video on IRS tax debt forgiveness programs, which you can click on right here on the left-hand side of your screen to watch that video. I also have all my tax relief uh, videos in one playlist uh, that you can access in the bottom left-hand corner um, of your screen. And of course, if you'd like to talk to a professional, reach out to us, Choice Tax Relief, uh, 866-8000-TAX, that's 866-8000-829, or visit us at choicetaxrelief.com. All right, folks, thank you so much for watching. See you in the next video. Bye-bye.